episode 327, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., season 7, episode 12 and 13, the end is at hand, and what we're fighting for. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. And just to throw it out there right now, this is not the final episode of Welcome to Level 7, okay? It's just the final episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is the reason why Welcome to Level 7 exists. We'll talk about it. But right now, I just want to say welcome. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with my friends, your friends. It's Agent Stewart. Hey, guys. We're all friends. And Agent Samantha. Hello. It's the three of us. Here we are, ready to talk about the end of an era. And, and I re- the end of an era, isn't it? It, it? it is. It really is. And in some ways, it's kind of nice uh, the way that all the timing worked out. But I really, in some ways, feel like this is the end of the first part of the MCU. And if there's never another MCU thing ever again, this could be it. This could be the end of it. We could be done. Because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is done. It could well, be. still... Rest of Punisher and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist whoa, whoa, whoa. and Daredevil. Those are things, though, that are earlier in the MCU than this. Yes. So <laughs> I'm saying that the MCU right oh. here, you know, from the beginning, from the beginning, we had Coulson. It's true. Yeah. And here is the end of that story, that Coulson thing, you know? Yeah, there's yeah, lots of other MCU cool. stuff that happened as well that we haven't talked about yet. And there's also hopefully, but we don't know when <laughs> MCU stuff that's going to be coming. We'll talk about it, but I'm, I'm just saying we are here at the end of an era. Avengers Endgame has come and has gone. Well, and this I, is kind of the other end game. Oh, is Coulson totally gone? Cause you have LMD Coulson. There's a uh, spoiler alert still wandering about. He's not gone, um, no, but his story he, is done. He could possibly show up elsewhere in the MCU. And I love I love that optimism. I love that youth, that youthful <laughs> optimism that you have there. Um, I just <laughs> We're not going to hey, see you know Coulson what? again on screen. I mean, I really don't believe it's going to happen. Well, he showed up in Captain Marvel. I mean, hey. I, I, yeah, he did. He did indeed. I, I still, I just don't think we're going to see him again. So we okay. might see Clark Gregg at some point for sure. I mean, may, who knows? Who knows? But if we do, it's going to be a special thing. You know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be Tom Baker as the curator in the 50th anniversary Doctor Who special. Ah, that was an excellent moment. Right? That's what it's not going to be. It was also a weirdly confusing moment. Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't watched all of or any of Tom Baker's at that point. And I'm going, who's the old guy? 
Well, and and <laughs> yeah, and, and why did he look like that? And who was he intended to be? You know, but um, right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. Here, here's what I'm saying though. We're here at the end of, uh, I mean, a seven season television show. Yeah. Like, how often does that happen? Not very often. And, and how often does it get written to? You know, that is also another unusual thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Beyond that, this is a seven season sci-fi TV show. This is not a soap opera. This is not Grey's Anatomy. You know, this is this is not. Um, you Water. know. Any, any one any number of like shows that are just based on continuing soap opera drama no this is a, a sci-fi show with with big ideas high concepts and you know it it matches star trek's uh three star trek series that mm-hmm. went seven seasons long you know um doesn't quite match up with you know stargate or supernatural i guess i should throw that out there too that's that's a long-running non-soap opera thing. Um, well, there are parts of Supernatural that are very soap opera at times, and then other parts that are just absolutely ridiculous, and it's so much fun. Anyways. Uh, same, honestly, though, the same could be said for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, it does get True. into soap, soap opera, but yeah. um, but that's part of the drama. And um, But seven seasons, like, that's, that's unusual, you know? And, and yeah. there were times when we didn't think it was going to last one season. Or we knew it was going to last a season because they ordered 22 episodes. We didn't know it was going to get but we were, renewed. Yeah. And, you know, how many years, how many years did we come to the end of a season and just think maybe well, yes, maybe no? We, we don't know if we're going to see this show again, you know? And then three weeks after the episode aired or something like that, we'd find out, oh, we, we, we got it. It's coming back. Um, I think every season except for season from season five because we knew we were going to get season six and season seven right we did at the end of season five yeah but every other season i don't think we knew so yeah this is a special thing this is a special thing and um it's also special because it's a mutant enemy show i mean the last time a mutant enemy show went seven seasons was buffy yes how many mutant enemy shows are there though um, well, there's Buffy, Buffy, Angel, Angel, Firefly, Dollhouse, Dollhouse, yeah, and this, and this, yeah, yeah. I mean, Buffy was how many seasons? Ten, seven, seven, seven. Oh, and Angel is how many seasons? Four. Five. Oh, Doc. We're also forgetting Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog. <laughs> That's not a series. That was well, it was. It's I guess a web series. It was three episodes. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Dollhouse, Buffy the Anim- Vampire Slayer, Season 8 Motion Comic. Um, <laughs> I do document- want to revisit Dollhouse now, though. Um, oh, the Cabin in the Woods movie. That's not a yeah. series, though. It's, not- it's, a, it's a movie. <laughs> yeah. It lasted all of one movie, and that was actually all that it meant to last. So. Yeah. But it's it's a really but, good horror movie. Yeah, well, it, try it, doing it a sequel to that thing, right? It turns it on its head. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what's great about I mean, I love seeing the little girl arg at the end of the show. And if and if I get to see that again, I will be happy. But I'm glad that we got it for seven seasons. It's just part of my little Joss fandom that it goes seven seasons. Well, and here's the other thing. Like this is one of those 
I don't know, hashtag blessed kind of things where, hey, you know, it's not like we did anything to get it, to deserve it or anything like that. It's it's just this has been a nice, fun thing that we've had for seven years mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, because this went into the yeah. summer, you know, and um, but we've had this and it's been fun and it's been enjoyable and it has definitely been um, yeah, just something to look forward to. Uh, many weeks mm-hmm. and yeah i mean there's some episodes that we would call the bridge episode where it's just getting us from point a to point b like episode uh 11 of the season but um it's just getting us from point a to point b because we need to get there and have fun getting there you know and this is i don't know maybe maybe sometime we should do a retrospective episode just about the full series um and if anyone wants to send us feedback at any time as a retrospective kind of feedback about this this whole show um feel free to do that because we will be continuing episodes and it might be the kind of thing where we save up some feedback into a feedback episode or it might be the kind of thing where we just in our black widow review if that ever happens um we will we'll do that so i will do a full agents of shield retrospective if daniel will come back (laughs) you mean you'll watch the entire series or you'll you'll do an episode about it. I'll do an episode about it. <laughs> you're, you're not committing to watching uh, what? Oh, I can. I hardly have twenty hours of TV. We were talking before about what kind of hours I have right now. <laughs> um, well, a lot I mean, going on at this second, but <laughs> I, I don't know about the whole series. <laughs> I'm. Here's the other thing I really, really enjoyed about watching this episode was I was watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with my kids getting through to season seven. And then Uh every week it was appointment television for me and my four teenagers. Um, So my my younger son, who he's not even double digits yet, um, he wasn't watching it with us. Uh, Maybe at some point when he's a little older and I feel like, hey, let's. Let's commit to seven seasons of something. Maybe um, I'll, I'll watch it with him. But um, it was a lot of fun to be able to bring my kids into this season and then watch this episode with them. There were a couple cheering moments when when my kids cheered because something happened and it was it was just fun. The emotional resonance was there for them in that final se- final um, scene. Uh, everyone except for my son. Uh, really resounded with that final scene uh spoilers uh when we got to that final scene and it was done my son was just like that was stupid <laughs> that was just dumb why did they do that and god yeah yeah so i can remember being a, a how old is your old how old is your son 14 uh, he, no 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 he's he's uh 19 oh a- well, 18 I can no remember. sorry sorry he's 18 he starts college uh a week from today so, yeah, but he wasn't as connected to the show as in the same way that the girls were. And the, I mean, the girls, I sent you some pictures that they have drawn of the cast, you know, like they're they're really into the series. They have favorite characters, they have characters they don't like. Deke is someone that never uh, they, they never really liked, liked um, May finally grew on them, but but yeah, they uh, 
it, it, that's been a fun part of my then relationship with my kids is to have this regular appointment where we know we're all going to sit down together. We're going to make some popcorn and we're going to watch the show together. We're going to talk about it um, sitting around the dinner dinner table before watching the episode um, that Wednesday we were speaking in another language in front of my wife because there's like Simmons, Fitzsimmons, Deke, uh, time stuff, you know, all this stuff. And and my wife is just like, I don't know what's going on here, but apparently there's something important happening tonight. So, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and other, also the whole reason I'm on the show speaking about it right now is because of the show. I mean, I can remember when it first got announced, I went looking for a MCU podcast and after several, I found this one and I was like, Oh, okay, well they're going to, they're going to take care of everything because I knew it was all connected. Hashtag all connected. And I knew that I wanted a podcast that was going to tackle the movies and the television series. Yeah. Here we go. This thing. I mean, the thing is the MCU grew bigger in a lot of ways than we expected. And mm-hmm. and now there's the whole is it MCU thing, you know, where you're looking at even Netflix. There's still conversations about, OK, so were those Netflix series MCU or not? Uh, answer is, of course, yes. I mean, I don't think that you could say that they're not uh, until someone in actual production uh, who's actually in charge yeah. says, you know, maybe Kev Dog would say, OK, the Netflix stuff actually never happened because here's our Daredevil movie or whatever. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, th- I think that everything that stands that's been put on screen, put to film, whatever, I think that that is all going to remain MCU. Um, if they do something like a Daredevil movie, it might end up being uh, not a reboot, but just a new character. You know, kind of like what they might have been might have done with uh, uh, with Ghost Rider. Where, I hope, or what they I absolutely hope, did with Hulk. I hope Feige yeah. never says that the, that the Netflix stuff is not part of the MCU because the quality of shows that came out of that group is spectacular and amazing and beautiful. And, you know, all of the adjectives that, you know, belong to <laughs> a comic book. Um, and... It, I feel like that would be a disservice to the Netflix series. Uh, you are correct in that it would be a disservice. But in spite of being a disservice, it wouldn't take away from everything else you just said about it. I mean, it, it is. The, the the Netflix series are, are gorgeous, gorgeous series. Mm-hmm. And um, the quality of the craftsmanship that went into those things does not go away. Just because it's not MCU, but it is MCU because it's in a far enough corner that unless they want to reuse those characters and do something new with them, uh, like a new Daredevil, then it's it's still going to be there. It's it's still there. The good thing about Agents of Shield is, you know, they're not going to reboot Coulson for the MCU because Coulson was already a part of the, the movies, you know, and I doubt that they're going to try and reboot Quake and bring her into the movies as a different thing. So ironically reboot Coulson. I mean, he true. I, yeah. Yeah. He, 
I've seen rumors. Technically, he's from been our... rebooted. <laughs> oh, I've I've seen rumors from our favorite source, Ben. Don't. That Quake, I know, is going to be in Avengers Five, and I'm just like, I don't like the source. So let's wait till somebody else says it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? It's, it's possible they could do that. I mean, anything's possible. I don't even think they've got an Avengers Five on the on the slate yet. Well, see, that's the problem is because of where we're at now talking about real world practical what's going on right. around us uh who knows what's going to happen with anything i would um, say the the next thing i mean either we're going to see um black widow or we're going to see falcon winter soldier next which one of those two and we were supposed to already have seen black widow which i'm going to come back to that later and and we we can come back to that later because Hopefully we'll be watching it in the theater. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. But let's talk about this episode, and then we can talk about feedback, and then we can talk a little bit about future of the MCU. That sounds great. And things like Hellstrom and that kind of stuff, okay? So, yeah. uh The offenders. Oh, man. So some of the future of the MCU and some possible futures in other timelines that – never actually happened in our timeline but there's there's some timey-wimey stuff going on but mm -hmm. I, I think we'll talk about the end is at hand first and as we were looking up the titles because i could not remember what the titles were uh i realized there's some punny stuff going on here with this title but because you're gonna have to explain that to me because we'll, i when we were talking about it i just didn't get it so go Okay. All right. So what's happening is we've got all the Chronicoms. They're all around, you know, they're, they're going to, they've destroyed shield. All right. And they've destroyed all of shield except for the lighthouse because the lighthouse is able to lock down and be defended from alien attack. As we know from Patrick Warburton as the general, uh, they call him General Stoner. I can't remember his actual name, but we know from his first appearance as a hologram that, you know, there's all sorts of different end of the world scenarios that the lighthouse can survive. And so we've got our team kind of split up. We've got Phil Coulson, who's in the lighthouse, and he's deciphering a bunch of um, electronic signals and everything. They initiate the lockdown protocols, but Garrett he teleports in. With his bomb. And he begins putting bombs all around the base. They trap him with a device that they were using for, um, I think they, they use this device for, uh, what's his name? Gordon. Gordon, yeah. Um, and so they trap him. And then they also, as they trap him, um, they convince him, hey, Malik's not a good guy and he's just going to betray you because that's what he does. And they contact Malik, and Malik's like, hey, I'm going to blow you up anyway because that's what I do. And so Garrett says, I guess I'm going to join S.H.I.E.L.D. with my gun. And I promise not to say with my gun too many more times this episode because I – but it's just fun to come back to it. But uh, anyway, they realize that they can track down a, an 084 and that by tracking this down, that might be what they need to help save the world from the Chronicoms. And so – 
John Garrett teleports May and Yo-Yo and Coulson to um, what's the bar's name? That you know the the swordfish. What was the the crazy canoe? The crazy canoe. The crazy canoe. They teleport to the crazy canoe, and as soon as they teleport in, bang! Garrett is killed with hands gun. We think it's Victoria Hand who pulled the trigger very quickly and shoots (laughs) Garrett in the head, and that's why the end is at hand. So that that girl, that lady who's not named, do you think is Victoria Hand? She totally the glasses, the hair. It's Victoria that Hand. Was Victoria Hand. I mean, uh, here's another question too: Does she naturally have that that fire engine red, bright red hair growing out of her head, or is that dyed? Like, is that a style that she had from the eighties? Uh, it's I'm a gonna comic s- book series. <laughs> I, I don't know. In, in the comics, I, I don't know what she even looks like. I can't even remember. I know that she's in comics, but um, but she had that color. I think she's she colors her hair. I think that's a style that she has adopted and chosen to be her style in the For 80s. the rest of her life. Yeah. I'm when you say, find something that works, why not stick with it, you know? True. Yeah. I didn't catch that that was Victoria Hand, but I'm going to go with it and – I think this episode's better for it. Yes, because Garrett is the reason that Ward became who he was. Mm-hmm. And Ward killed Hand. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I think what makes it even a little bit better is that the title of the episode is The End is at Hand. And so I, I there's a double meaning and I'm pretty sure that they intended – I'm giving them all the benefit of the doubt on this one, that they intended – the end is at hand because next episode is the final episode. You know, mm-hmm. this is setting that all up. But uh, Garrett's end was at hand. Victoria Actually, hand. I was, I was really she glad him, to see that version of Garrett go. I did not like him. I thought he was annoying. Just happy to see him go, actually. <laughs> I was shocked. I was shocked. It happened so quickly. And and then, you know, this kind of gets into the next episode, but they start trusting Coulson and the others very, very quickly as well. Very quickly. But uh, anyway, meanwhile, the other stuff that's going on is on Zephyr 1, and that's on the Chronicom ship. And um, that's where, again, um, Simmons... She's lost her memory. She can't remember anything. Um, I didn't realize her memory loss was that bad from last episode, but she can't remember anything. Shaw's helping her remember. And um, Daisy is running around the ship to, to help help them get out of there. Mac oh, and Sousa are I, in Zephyr can I 1. Stop you? Yeah. Can we talk about Deke's impersonation of Fitz? It was pretty good. It was dead on. It was it was almost scary. It was so dead on. <laughs> yeah. Which makes me wonder what else can this actor do that he was he was not able to do on the series. I'd like to see him in something else. Cuz it was a dead on impersonation. Yeah, it was good. Um I wonder could was was Fitz, not Fitz. Um Ian DeCaster was he on on set maybe with them to you know feed in the line and so he could really 
just copy that or if he was just like studying performance and, and copying performance. Probably think, studying performance. I think I've read something that uh, Ian DeCaster was not available for most of the last season. So that's why they used every little bit of him they could. Yeah. And then and they and got so him for, only had a couple of days. Yeah. Next episode. But uh, yeah, so everything's relying on Sybil's prediction that she's predicting everything and she's doing a great job of predicting everything because she has that time stream thing. What they're trying to do is all act out of, uh, you know, be unpredictable, be unpredictable. Um, so Sybil, though, she uh, manipulates things to allow Daisy to meet up with Shaw and and Simmons. Um, it's kind of weird as she's walking around the ship and nobody's paying any attention to her. Um, but next unpredictable thing is Daisy's sister, Cora. And she and, and Daisy kind of get into a fight and Daisy doesn't want to fight. And so, um, and she, and they have talk about mom and everything. Cora lets them escape. And then we think in our house, we thought that Malik killed Cora. Uh, but then he says, uh, take her to a cell. And so we're not done with Cora, but she'll be back in next episode. Uh, meanwhile, everyone escapes and they escape. We, we got to talk about how they, they blow their way out of that, but, um, they all escape. And they all meet up at the crazy canoe and Simmons builds the device, the 084, uh, because all these agents get a signal to come to the crazy canoe, bring these things you're supposed to guard with your life. And they bring it and she uses her clues from her memory about how marriage is the key. And, oh, that means her wedding ring is the key. And that brings fits back to them from the quantum realm. Thank you, Dr. Dr. Pym. I mean, that was clearly Pym technology that they had used. Yeah. I, the thing is, I, that helmet looked a lot like uh, Deke's helmet from, from when he first appeared too. I'd like to find out uh, what helmet they were actually using because this is still from memory and I didn't look. Um, but the way the eyes are glowing and everything, I felt like Deke's helmet. Hmm. That may be a modified version of that helmet. But no matter what, definitely there was PIM technology being used because they entered the quantum realm. And yes. that's where he came from. That's where he came from. And we'll talk about the time travel, timey-wimey stuff next. But let's start with this stuff here where you have the team on the Death Star, you know, trying to, <laughs> to get away. And um, yeah, uh, where do you want to start? Should we start? Ooh. Should we start with uh, Mac and Souza on the the ship? And sure. And sounds like a good idea. Fighting Chronicoms and deciding we, hey, let's let's rig up a bomb with these Chronicoms, and that was pretty cool. And then attached it to the uh, yeah. Let's have we gotten to the duct tape them to missiles? Yeah. <laughs> so, like we got a we we got a pretty good bomb right here. Hey, I thought that, I thought that was genius. That that was I mean, and that was Seuss's idea. 
I mean, which I think proves that, you know, he may not be familiar with all the space techie stuff, but, you know, he he knows how uh, how to uh, take the information that he's learned and to try to apply it elsewhere, which. Again, I mean, he just fit into this group so well. Yeah, to borrow the phrase from Stuart, he he may not be able to tech the tech, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have good ideas. He's not smart. I mean, he he's a smart guy. Hey, let's duct tape these things to missiles and shoot them. And, <laughs> and well, yeah, it works. I, yeah, why not? Yeah, totally. And and especially when Mac is like, I don't, you know, we don't have enough C four to do anything with or whatever it was that they were going to use as explosives. And he's like, well, we've got these guys. Well, and he, I mean, it's not from out of nowhere, too. I mean, he remembers from the episode mm-hmm. when, when they were going back in time to the 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 UFO episode. Um, mm-hmm. He remembers, hey, that that one charged itself up, blew up. How about that? Let's use that as a bomb. So yeah, <laughs> that was fun. And- that was good. Is this also the episode where uh, Mac tries to play Big Brother uh, to Daisy, his little sister, <laughs> about questioning the boyfriend? I, yeah, I think that was the last episode. I still liked that. So whenever I mean, whenever that episode happened, or then well, that you, get, you didn't get to talk about that episode. So now's your opportunity to talk about that scene, right? Great. I love the idea that Max, like, you better have a plan, dude. And then work, you know, I like how Mac embraced Sousa finally. You know, they all kind of did, but the, that relationship, I think, um, it, Mac has a relationship with all the, with all, with his whole team, but I think he sees Daisy, Sky, Quake as a little sister almost rather than like an, uh, Definitely not a love interest. So I would think the old, you know, little sister is a good a good equator to it. And so to have Sousa be, you know, that relationship start to build, it makes sense for Mac to be like, okay, bro, let's have a conversation. I'm not gonna sit on the porch polishing my gun, because that would be cheesy. But if I had a gun and a porch, I would definitely be polishing it, waiting for you to come. I mean, you, you bringing that up, that's the whole thing we've talked about since the beginning. You know, there's family here. Mm-hmm. There's family here. And it's 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 ebbed. It's flowed. It's been a little bit fluid. Uh, but you still got the head of the family with May and with Coulson. And, yeah, you have Daisy and Mac, brother, sister. You know, Yo-Yo comes in and she's... Um, you know, she's, she's now the in-law, you know, um, not married to Mac, but basically that's the kind of the, as you're looking at this traditional family structure or whatever, she's, she's a part of the family because she's married in, so to speak. And, and you have, uh, you know, Deke, you know, who's this kind of annoying cousin coming in. And, um, it's, it's all about family. It and it's all, and again, the next episode, the title is what we're fighting for. And what we're fighting for really is family. Let's see. What else can we talk about with this episode? I mean, I, I blasted through the plot, but I mean, there isn't. I mean, this this episode serves to set up the next episode. I love how she builds the whole um, the the 084 out of mem- you know 
I, I know I need to build it. I don't know what I'm building. I don't know how it is. I just know I need to. Like, I thought that was pretty cool. I've seen that in a couple of shows. And I always like, you know, the just blow right past any reason. I'm doing this because I have to. And plot demands it, but it's still fun. But there was more to it than that because you also had those clues. Right. You know, I mean, you, you, the clues were there. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like they spent a lot of time having to, like, what do we do? Do we need to go find them schematics or, you know, what? just like, I, I'm going to do this now. I, I did have a problem with the whole thing about Fitz is exposed. Was he really? <laughs> okay. He, he's so exposed he, and out in the open. He, he wasn't. He was in her wedding ring. No, he was not in her ring. He wasn't. No, no. He was in the quantum realm. Ah. Uh, okay, so this is where it gets confusing. Okay. We'll get into yeah, it in the next is, episode. But there's I some. The quant- he was in the quantum realm that would exist somewhere in her diamond. That's that's what I, I, I thought I understood. No, that, that was the key to open the portal. Okay. To release him into the world. And so why was he exposed? It was because if her memory was exposed then all of this 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 thing could be put together that would bring him and and whoever puts together this thing gets him okay and and so that's where you know she she knew about the machine she knew about the plan she knew about at least i'm assuming anyway um the signal and so if they were able to get that information out of her head then they would be able to get fits and and the secret to time travel. Okay, that yeah, that makes sense, but I thought he was somehow more exposed and in more public view than We all did. That. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm Very picturing misleading. him I'm picturing him just sitting on a planet in front of a computer with their kid, um not mm-hmm. the not quite as old as this kid here that we do get to, but um but that yeah, and if they get her memory, then they're going to be able to go to that planet and find him, you know, instead of what we've got here. So, by the way, I wasn't totally wrong about him raising a kid. You know, I mean, he he didn't raise the kid without Simmons, but he. They had a kid and that was at I mean, their child was at risk if they could not get back to her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and the other thing was, I mean, with last episode, um, there was when I say last episode, I mean the the brand new day one. Um, you know, we get some of those flashbacks with uh, with Fitz where he talks about like, do we have to go back? You know, and and it did get me wondering, but I did not think that the <laughs> how old was that kid? Seven. I don't know, but eight, five. I, I don't know, but I thought about five or six, but um. I knew that they did have a child when because when they did that flashback, Fitz mentioned something about a blood test result. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's pregnant. But not not nearly as as long, you know, as old as that kid was. You know, that's that's the thing I wasn't expecting. Um, but the question is, does this mean that she was pregnant when she was showing those symptoms? That we thought, oh, it's TV. TV symptoms that was years ago. That was a couple of years ago. Was it? <laughs> yeah. For us, it was because it was in season five. Oh, goodness. 
But I, for them, that's that's the question, you know, because that means, I mean, really, it's just all of the Izel stuff. Oh, man. That she could, she could have been pregnant. And then, back like, then. they were in the pods for I, an hour. Uh-huh. I, I, I had like no a idea. Season. It's, I think, Samantha, you're going to have to put away Supernatural. No. We're going to have to rewatch. <laughs> So so here's the thing. If the Chronicoms wanted to learn about time travel, really all they needed to do was try to hang a clock on a toilet. And then, <laughs> and then they will fall. The porcelain was wet. And, and porcelain was wet. And they'll see the flux capacitor, which, as you know, is the key to time travel. That and I mean th- their key to time travel was the uh the time stone here. Yes. And so, so, okay, who's smarter, Fitz or Tony Stark? I'm going to say that Stark is smarter. I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah? Yeah, but that Fitz is smart enough to keep up and build upon. Hmm. I don't know. Fitz, Fitz solved the thing without a big giant computer in the middle of space. I would say that probably if you could go into Fitz's backstory, I'm sure that Stark Industries tried to recruit him before S.H.I.E.L.D. got him. Now, see, that's a comic I'd read. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did like the moment when you have all the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Um and, you know, it's all I recognize hand, um, but they're all people that were friends with Enoch or their parents were friends with Enoch. Right. Or their grandparents were friends with Enoch. And so they all had this thing oh. that they were to protect with their lives until the signal. Did, yeah, so- we get, did we get the impression that the main guy was related to Trip? I okay, so this is where I don't know who that was, and maybe this is something that we should have looked up online before we actually jumped into this. But I, <laughs> I think that that was maybe like Trip's dad. It wasn't the same actor because I did look that up, so it wasn't this. It wasn't the same actor, but I got the impression that it was definitely like Trip's dad because he said. Didn't he say like his dad had the briefcase or something like that? And that was, I mean, my memory's rusty. Don't give me, I, even though we host a podcast, I'm still not the expert on this. Yeah. yeah. That feels like the same briefcase that trip had, the, you know, in his, he's like, Oh, I'm one of the legacy kids or something like that. Right. Well, and think about it though. I mean, trips dad would have been, was that world war II? Two, right? Or was yes. that his grandpa that we were talking his about? I think it was grandpa was part of the um the the Howling the Commandos, Commandos right? right? That's in the forties. So, we're in 83, 40 years later. I that could be like, his grandpa. Not his dad, but his grandpa. Okay. Well, regardless, I feel like that guy was related to Trip somehow. He was an important Possibly. person. Like the way that they bring him in and reveal him. I, mm-hmm. I think that the answer just, you know, let's let's put plot aside. You know, you, you just the way that they the style that goes into how they revealed him, 
he's an important person. And so I, I do think that this is the connection is to trip for sure. That's okay. So that character's name is agent Brandon Gamble. Oh, so it's not trip. <laughs> nope. But related to him somehow. No, I like somehow. it better when it was his dad or grandpa. Yeah. But. Well, thanks internet. Whatever. Okay, according to Marvel Cinematic Universe dot fandom dot com slash wiki, uh, it looks like this is his only appearance in the entire Marvel period. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But here's a good thing from the internet that was just sent to me by someone, uh, who's on this Skype call right now. Um. That that mask. <laughs> Deke's mask, that's that's the mask that Fitz had. That looks a lot like it. I'm I'm pretty sure that that's, that's Fitz's mask. You mean the picture I just sent the you? The picture you sent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think that there might be other things to talk about with this episode, but I, I think we really need to get into the next one and, yeah, and yeah. get into That's... some of the bigger things that are going on here. So mm-hmm. uh, what we're fighting for is the final episode. It's the finale one. And this is where we get all sorts of time traveling stuff. But the bottom line is this. Okay. The whole plan is Fitz sent them to another timeline. They didn't create a timeline. They didn't make waves or ripples in their timeline. They were making waves and ripples in this other parallel timeline. And they went to this other parallel timeline to get Korra because Korra was the key to stopping the Chronicoms. And so they were then going to just go back to their own timeline. And, and Coulson's like, no, we're not going to go back with, you know, we're not going to leave these people with this problem of the Chronicoms. We're going to bring the Chronicoms back with us. So they figure that out and they go through the quantum realm back to the original timeline. And we'll talk about what that means, but they get back to the original timeline. They leave Deke home uh, here in the eighties in this alternate timeline and so in this alternate timeline, Deke is in a room full of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. And S.H.I.E.L.D.'s destroyed except for the people in this room, really. And he's now the, the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. In that Another timeline. comic I'd read, by the way. <laughs> and you know he's going to run it the same way he ran it before. They're going to form a band. And <laughs> yes. they're going to go on tour. And they are going to um, have some really great hit songs like The Power of Love. And um, and it better be The Power of Love. because yeah. he, He's just going to completely perpetuate that entire Buckaroo Banzai concept. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not going to be Huey Lewis in the news. It's going to be Deke. It's going to be the Deke squad. I mean, come on. Let's let's yeah. he he. He's not going to throw away a good thing, you know. He's not going to get a new band. Yeah. <laughs> so, get the band back together, man. <laughs> uh, okay. 
we're we're talking about end games. We're talking about the end of character arcs. I mean, let's park here for a moment. What do you think about this as the end of Deke Shaw's character arc? I'm happy with it. I, I, I I'm happy with it. I was middling on the character the whole time. I'm like, what? I. I never understood exactly what he was bringing to the table because I think it changed a lot, but I did like him in this season more than I liked him in other seasons, I think. And so to have him get his, you know, final awesomeness at the end, I think is a good thing, you know, to have him run shield. He's matured a lot, even in this season, so to have him run shield at the end, I think is perfectly okay. And maybe it's not in the quote unquote prime timeline MCU, but that doesn't matter. I'm going to just officially for our, our purposes, I'm I'm going to call this the Deke timeline. All right. Cause this is, it's his, he owns it now. Okay. Anytime we come back to it, it's we're coming back to the Deke timeline. We're not coming back to, um, so, so no in the tr- on the chalkboard, Right. We've got the we've got the straight line that's the main MCU timeline. And then Doc Brown has drawn the drawn the you know alternate nineteen eighty five timeline. You're saying that line right there, that's the Deke timeline? Yeah, yeah. This whole season has been in the Deke timeline. I I'm only calling it the Deke timeline because that's what it is going forward. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's Deke's world. We're just visiting. Okay. Um Deke's party Deke's on. world. Yeah. <laughs> The thing, the thing with Deke and and this timeline, we need to get into that, but I think that's later. But the Doc Brown chalk line or whatever, um, I mean, we we got the Fitz hand signal lines, like where he's like moving his hands to show us the, the basically the same thing when when he's explaining things. Um, he sent them to another timeline. I I just find this really. Let's put aside the confusion and let's talk about morality now. They get sent to another timeline to mess up that timeline. And to steal something from that timeline to bring back to their original timeline, a person, Cora, who's going to commit some suicide. You know, they're, they're actually rescuing her in some ways from suicide. Um, but. And then they end up killing her mother in the process. And they're, Yeah. Yeah, and I think the I think that Jaing was supposed to also come with them. Yes, that was part because of the he plan. was it, it threw him when he found out that that she was and maybe maybe I got this wrong. Maybe it was actually Jaing that they were supposed to get, and Cora is like the um uh the consolation prize. But no, Cora's power was needed. It was Cora's power that, that they needed. They needed both of them. Is that because Cora can give the empathy? To the Cora had the power to put out the energy to send the signal to stop the Chronicoms. Now, the empathy thing, I think that might not have been part of Fitz's plan. That was. Um, I thought that was Coulson's plan. Yeah, because in, in the moment that was Coulson saying, I know what to do. I know what to program them with, you know, not self-destruct. Okay. Yeah, because I think that's what has set apart Coulson from the uh, Chronicoms the entire time. He has empathy. Whereas yeah, we they definitely were lacking have to talk that about severely. that. 
We yeah. definitely have to talk about that when we get to it. But um, but the morality of this where, okay, we're going to mess up someone else's timeline so we can, you know, do something in our timeline to fix it. Uh, it just kind of struck me as, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't, uh, and then when everyone's so quick to like, let's, we can go and they're just going to leave a world undefended because this is a world now where Deke may know some of the secrets of some of these people who are going to become Avengers later on. Uh, but really I think the only active Avenger at this point in time is, uh, is original Ant-Man. He's running around. Agent Carter's running around. Um, Captain America is still frozen somewhere in the tundra. Captain America's frozen. Um, Captain Iron, Marvel's I, off in space, isn't she? She hasn't done that yet. I, this is early eighties. Oh yeah, okay. So she's not. She's still learning to fly a plane. Got it. I think that was around eighty six. I, I might be getting my timeline wrong, but this what, is Captain eight, Marvel. Yeah. No, that was in the ninety six. No, when she came back, it was nineties. Okay. When she left Earth, it would have been, it I think it was mid eighties or late eighties. Okay. Okay. Yes, you're right. So this is an undefended world. This is a world that doesn't have the gods and superheroes um, that were running around and active as we move forward and as we get into the nineties with, yeah, like Captain America, uh, Captain Marvel rather, and and then you know, late nineties with Iron Man. Um, now Howard Stark is still doing stuff. I think. Um, yeah. When did they die? Oh, um, that early nineties, I think because the images of young, um, Tony Stark were taken from some of, um, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s like late eighties, early nineties, sort of. So Shield uh -huh. is there, but yeah. has been destroyed, and now Shield is not around to, um, you know, who knows what yeah, Nick Fury is up to. Yeah, because they the getting to Bluey. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, this is a world then that is undefended, and they were going to leave it undefended by just taking off to go back home to take care of the Chronicoms who are back home, and not even you know, worrying about the Chronicoms who were there. Um, and so I do appreciate that they did decide, hey, we're going to bring all these guys back with us as well and and help the Earth there. I, I really, I did appreciate that they thought that through. And again, this is, you know, Coulson doesn't do the math. You know, acceptable losses, zero. Right. You know, with this timeline, I mean, it, I don't accept that it's just uh, Fitz just decided to send them off in this one particular direction. I, it, it's Fitz chose this timeline because the Chronicoms went there and altered time, and their job was to not not let it be altered, and but it happened anyways. But that's not what's presented to us in this episode. And but I'm doing the math in my head, and I don't think Fitz chose that timeline just to be random. Um, it wasn't he. He didn't send them 
It wasn't. It was not a random choice. He sent the team after the Chronicoms. That's what it felt like at the beginning of the season. It, but then this episode, it feels like, and maybe we need to just jump back in and rewatch it again, you know. But in this episode, it feels like he has the the plan was, I have to send you away. Um, they thought that they're chasing the Chronicoms and they're showing up whenever the Chronicoms are going to do something. Uh, but I, I just don't know. Or are you, or is it being suggested that Fitz led the Chronicoms in that direction? I, that's what, is that what you're saying? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he didn't necessarily lead the Chronicoms there, but he sent the team there so that they could do this plan to keep him hidden and then they can get to where they need to get to to get Jaying and Korra and then come back home after they have Jaying and Korra. And in the process, he's also been studying the timeline to figure out what are all these times that they need to go to. And so I guess you're right. Yeah, because he's been studying the timeline. This is how... He's not sitting in a room guiding them. He was looking at the time stream that was stolen by Enoch and given to them. He's right. looking at the time stream and looking at these things. And and he's able, I mean, he's basically the the Sybil for them. You know, he's right. the predictor. And and so he he's programmed where the thing is going to go, where the where the Zephyr is going to go. He's programmed it all according to plan. So he didn't just send them on this timeline randomly. He pointed them in the direction that the Chronicoms were going to go. I guess. I that's, guess. that's what I've been understanding all season. And I didn't see anything that was different in this episode. That was inconsistent. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to figure it out and I, it doesn't feel... So, yeah, that's but that's what's happening. They're back in our time now, and when they come back to our time, it's actually they're part of they're they're in the season or the yeah the season finale from last last season. Yes, which has Piper and Flint. Flint. Yes. Yeah, and A robotic Flint though, right? Not robotic. He no. was. He was Flint. created by, um, by, uh, Valeria? uh, what's her name? Izel. He was, he was created by Izel. Who am I thinking, who am I thinking about Laria? Actually, I think that might actually be an angel character. Like Buffy yeah, verse. Yes. Um, <laughs> what's her face? The blue lady. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. So then what was the, I guess I'm going to jump to the end. What was the gift that Simmons made then? Davis for Piper. LMD Davis. Okay. Oh, Flint. I'm sorry. Yes. LMD Davis. Got it. Yeah. I'm on it. Yeah. So and, this is and where we Flint get our was going to school. What's that? Flint was going to school under uh, May's guidance at the, yeah, at the end. Yeah. Yeah. But this is where we get back to the future to stuff mm -hmm. because they're walking yes. around 
the episode, uh, the season six episode, whatever, 13, uh, they're walking around doing stuff and they were in full sight. Um, now, I don't know if this was planned because I did read an interview where they were talking about how um, they set things up that, so that they could come back to it and use it however they wanted to. But the hazmat suits, that's our team. You know, and um, when Simmons says, I don't know where Fitz is, I can't know, Fitz is right there next to her. And so they they come and we get to see what happens then after that for Simmons and Fitz. And so it's a split second there, but they live a lifetime, a child's lifetime, I should say. And they they go with Enoch and Piper and Flint and Flint, you know, this is Chekhov's inhuman right here because Flint is able to create the time, a piece of the time monolith. monolith. Um, they go to another planet then, um, and they, that's where they use the, uh, the time stream and Fitz studies the time stream. They start building the time machine. They start building Coulson's LMD. They start building, what was the name of the um, memory implant that Simmons had? What'd she name it? Daisy, Daisy, or no, no, not no, Daisy, not Diana, yeah, Diana, and she's adorable. Um, she's adorable. Which yeah. we never did really. <laughs> that whole line, she's adorable. Um, that was a little weird. Yeah, now it's just weird. Uh, but anyway, um, but then they realize because they have, they're making a time machine, you know, and it's that whole what do we want time travel? When do we want it? It doesn't matter. Um, they can spend time together. And this is where I was worried that was this their happy ending? Because is, you know, is one of them going to die now? Because they've had whatever, six years of a child and, and life together on the, the, was it the Zephyr that they had or was it the, I think it was the Zephyr. But anyway, they have all this time together. They do this, they do this. They are living and they're enjoying life. And we actually see some of the flashbacks from earlier from another angle. And you can see there's a child on their lap and there's a child on the couch and they're watching a movie with a child and they're, and that was kind of neat. Um, and then when they decide it's time to go back, they go right back to that moment. Bare moments have just passed by. There's a pod. They give that to Flint. And the child is in the pod. Of course, we didn't know that yet. But um, yeah, so they get back and they, this is where we get into some of the stuff with what the plan was because Coulson and May and Daisy and Mac are on the Chronicom ship and Daisy gets to fight Malik and Coulson gets to confront Sybil and May gets to, I think, kill Sybil, but I'm not sure. And then they use May's empathy as the signal that Korra sends through the Chronicom ship to the Chronicom army who are trying to take over the lighthouse. And that's where they give them May's empathy. And also a little bit of Enoch's personality because they ask, are you friend or foe? And they say friend as we have always been, or what's the phrase that, that, that Enoch said, but it's something like that. And 
And yeah. is this the part where the cavalry comes back? Yeah. So that was an interesting yeah. moment for May. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> and my kids right away, like, oh, she called herself that, you know, because she never wanted to be called that. Um, no. like, again, from an interview, that was actually, I guess, um, uh, oh, what's the actress's name? Ming Na Wen. Yeah, that was actually her idea. Good. Was to kind of bring that full circle, accepting who she is. And I think the, the phrase that they used was uh, like all of her baggage that she's been carrying around, finally just accepting this. Um, yeah. So that was, a, that was a nice little uh, full circle moment, bringing us all the way back to episode one when they, they were talking about her as the cavalry and how that was a really important part of her her backstory. Um, yeah, this is where we also get the Princess Leia moment where, um, spoilers for Star Wars, but... The, one of those moments that people hate from uh, not the Last Jedi, yeah, the Last Jedi, yeah, that that moment where uh, Princess Leia unconsciously force pulls herself through space, but yeah, Daisy's just floating in space. They pull up in the the Zephyr, pull her in. Um, did they ever? Um, I'm I'm so sorry. Did they ever explain? Um, how May got these empathy powers? Yeah, I don't think that's they ever a good did. Question, or what they necessarily mean? <laughs> well, it was something that she had to deal with, uh, with her, because she was always, you know, very, uh, you know, stoic. Yes, and but so suddenly that she has to explain where face... it came from. <laughs> they did, didn't they? <laughs> No. I, I'm. All I'm guessing yeah, because is she it died. had something to do with this. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, she died, and when she was brought, or maybe maybe she didn't die, but almost dies because of what happened to her in the the that, that other dynamic dimension. Yeah. With the you know wherever Sarge and Izel came from. Yeah. Um. She's going to die. She gets put back in that dimension, right? Man, this is... She gets stabbed at the end of last season, too. They, yeah, but they put her in the pod. And then when yes. she wakes up, she has these powers. That's that's really as much as they explain. I okay, think. then. Yeah, I think that's it. So, no, it was not explained. Other than... Well, it's the Matt... It's the magic that makes her be able to have empathy and then change. So like they, what they did with Coulson is they magicked by way of science him into being a tech guy. And so a lot with allowing him to tech the tech and do all the techie things, they allowed uh, May to become the feeler. I think by her dying in the other dimension, though, and then being or, or not dying, but. I can't remember if she died or not, but whatever happened to her in the other dimension, she was going to die or she died. I think she was just going to die. I keep going back and forth. I should stop. But she was dead for half a second. And it was that yeah, it was that dimension that I think the, the the magic that's going on here is the whatever happened to her in that dimension, coupled with her being put into the pod to recover. Okay. 
and I think that that's as much as they they told us. And I think it's as much as, as we're going to, well, definitely it's as much as we're going to get, but. Maybe this is like comic book territory, you know, like the little uh, pop, you know, the, the little spinoff comic book that it like explains random things about these characters. I don't know. Well, okay. all I'm thinking about, about is the uh, the comic book about um, Shepherd Book from the Firefly series. There was a yeah, yeah, there was a comic book that explained his backstory. I, I would love to see comics of a, the further adventures of Agents of Shield. Um, we're not going to because I think they need to sunset these guys pretty rapidly. Um, and and let them go off and have their own adventures in our minds and not devote uh, creative space to them because they're going to be devoting creative space to, you know, whatever coming next from Feige and his big board. So if I recall correctly, I think some of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters, like original characters from the show, have appeared in the comics. They have now. Yeah, um, almost all of them actually have appeared now in the comic book universe proper, the 616. Uh, and it was in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comic book that they appeared. But um, Ward appeared as a, a Hydra agent in a alternate dimension kind of scenario. Um, Fitz, Simmons, uh, the the main team uh, has all appeared in, in the 616 and does exist in the 616. The one issue that I have with that is that Coulson was killed in the 616 by a character that I despise already. And then on returning back to life, I have not been following things because I'm not that interested in it right now. Um, but he was brought back to life and he's not a good guy. I don't know if he's a good guy, but he's not a good guy. So. Was he killed by Deadpool? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was killed by Deadpool. <laughs> I didn't know that. I just know that you despise Deadpool. That's really almost the only character that I despise. Um, Harley I Quinn, I'm not a fan I you and of. Daniel having that conversation about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, back to this, though. We do meet the daughter of Fitz and Simmons. Her name is Ilea. Ilea? Alia. Alia. Um, because that's the star that, that Simmons remembered, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so all these things, they all come together nicely and all wraps together nicely. The question is just how much, you know, time travel shenanigans are you going to allow yourself to accept when you say to yourself, it's just a show. I should really just relax. All of them, all of the time tra travel shenanigans. If we watched a two and a half hour movie about it, we can watch a two hour episode about it. Really a one hour episode about it. This is the episode that wraps everything up and kind of explains what's been going on. Um, and that I, I like the wraparound. That's fun. I do like circular storytelling. Um, we do get in our finale as well. In that denouement or whatever, however you say it. De, denouement. In the, in the wrap up, uh, we get... Uh, Again, that kind of circular storytelling is as far as bringing our characters around full circle. Um, the episode ends with Coulson 
flying away in his car. And honestly, that's probably a perfect end to the series. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That yes. is a definitely a perfect end to that series. When when Mac is like, oh, there's a little prize for you. Don't forget, I was also a mechanic. I was like, is, 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 yeah. and yep. then he gets and then he gets Lola and it's like, oh, and it flies. That was great. <laughs> that was the best thing. Because at the end of the day, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is about Coulson and his group. It's not about Daisy. It's not about Mac. It's about Coulson and his group. And so to have Coulson be the center of it again, you know that he flew off and he then landed in the desert and was driving and then found a little shop in the desert and got some little Debbies and then had to beat a bad guy. <laughs> We're not going quite that full circle, but. Uh... Well, but that's what Coulson would do. And this Coulson, I think, resets the Coulson with a little bit of, you know, gravitas. I mean, this, yes, Coulson has lived, but he's still that guy. He's still going to be listening to the Coca Cabana, you know, and driving down the road. He might be flying, you know, yeah. where he's going. He doesn't need roads, I guess. So here's here's what we got going on, though. Um, this ending. We need to talk about this ending where – they all meet together. It's one year later. Okay. So it's one year later. We'll, we'll talk about timelines still because we got to talk about, does this line up with the MCU? No, but we'll talk about it. But they, we, we get to see the end, so to speak of all of their, 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 their character arcs for the series. And the prediction that Enoch gave that sounded a lot more um, ominous, yeah, than actually happens was that they will never again work together as a team, be together as a team. Well, that that's for the benefit of television. Absolutely, and it's true; they aren't it's ever going to get again be. A team together. Are they going to be family? Right. Yes, they're going to be family, and they're going to have a Zoom call together. Yes. And and so as they have the Zoom call, we get to see that. And and this is where I I think my son just hated the fact that they jump into this way out of context. We don't know what's going on, and they start talking about things that we don't know what they're talking about until it's done, and we get to see. Oh, that's what they meant by this. That's what they meant by by that but here's where they all land mac is director of shield and we we see that there is a helicarrier being built he's wearing a long black trench coat too yes Just he saying. is yes he mm -hmm. is he's looking very shaft like yes <laughs> uh yo-yo is also still an agent of shield very and and is still together with mac um, and then he mentions that she's the most decorated shield agent or something like that, or she's highly decorated. Um, but she is in the field with Piper and LMD Davis. And that's, that's those, those character arcs there Fitz and Simmons and Alia. Mm -hmm. They are retired from shield 
good because I'm tired of those two being separated due to something crazy with work. So they get there yes. happily ever after. You, the impression yeah. is they're going to grow up together, grow old together, or I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, their child is going to grow up, and yeah, they're they're finally putting family first, which is I think if you if we take away nothing else from this episode. Um, the idea of putting family first is a good one. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so they finally get that ending. I mean, let's, the thing about Fitz is we were saying to ourselves, there better be a payoff. There better be a payoff. And so the question is, is this it? Was this a good payoff? for him not being around until the end of episode 12. And I have a, a nuanced answer to that, but I'm, I'm curious what your answer is. My answer is probably a little bit more blunt. No. Did I like it? Yes. Was it a good payoff? No. Uh, once again, Stuart, you took the words right out of my mouth. Because I feel the same. I feel like it was a good ending, but the payoff with Fitz's story, no, not really impressed. Uh, just it was not quite there, but it was but still a good story. It, but we liked, liked it. it. That's I the end it, of the. Yeah. That's the thing. So I mean, we liked it. Do I think that they were able to write to his ending? No, because I think they had this idea about him doing some things and then he wasn't able to be there for the whole for the whole shoot. And so they had to stretch his not being there for a long time. And unfortunately, they had to make Colson the techie. Yeah. And unfortunately, there you can knowing that he wasn't there, you can kind of look at look at it and go, okay, well, maybe episode 11 was a little shy, a little short. And they had to stretch it. But, you know, am I going to complain? Not really. We got a great, ep- we got a great finale so, to a series. Yeah. So uh, those are great opinions. The, uh, obviously you're wrong because mine is, <laughs> no, no, here's, here's my thing is as I was kind of asking myself this question, because uh, we've been asking this question this whole time, like, can they pay this off? <laughs> and, and the answer like I said, there's a little bit of nuance to it for me because the, for me is the big payoff. Is it big enough to be a great payoff? And I, I don't, I don't think, no, I, I, I think, but here's, here's the thing. Story-wise, it actually works really well in the sense that he wasn't gone for that long. Like for him, a split mm-hmm. second had passed between when he went into the pod where the machine was and then came out, almost no time had passed for him. He set the plan in motion. And so this season was his plan that he set in motion. And then he shows up at the end for, you know, to to finish the, pa- the plan and, and and be there for the, the finale of his plan, you know, which is to stop the Chronicoms. Um, so for me, the payoff when he actually shows up and you're like realizing, oh, this is this is this and this is that. Um, the payoff itself, 
was it enough to be able to say, yeah, this is great that they kept on not showing him at all? Uh, no, but then at the same time, uh, the plot-wise part of it where, yeah, he was gone for just a split second, it, it, it kind of worked for me. And and it's kind of grown on me as I as I've been thinking about it. So, um, yeah. So that's, here's what that's here's what here's 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 the thing, Ben. You said the exact same thing we did, except you used better words. And I liked it. I think a little better than you. Because, okay, maybe. <laughs> but some, you know, what this tells me, Samantha, we're not professional writers, right? <laughs> I will say I'm not entirely disappointed. I, mean, I, I am happy with the way things ended uh, overall. Well, and his story arc overall is, I mean, ever since they actually finally decided, okay, we're just going to have Fitz and Simmons be a romantic thing and not be brother and sister, you know, um, once they did that, this whole series for them has been about, will they be able to just be able to be together or not? And, I do like the idea that they spent six years or however many years in space slowly building a time machine that could have been done quicker because they're just going to spend time together. And then they do their final adventure and neither of them dies, which is what I was afraid of. And right. And they're going to get there happily ever after. And, you know, Oh, I, oh, oh no, no. I knew both of them were going to survive. Because they, in some ways, they were the heart of the show. I mean, if 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 something terrible was going to happen, and one of them says, "I know Coulson will make it through," Coulson would make it through, and that was the and that's the way that kind of character works. If if this show was a little um, harsher or a little darker, one of them would have died. I really could see a, a situation where Fitz could have died. Um, mm -hmm. while, you know, here's, here's Simmons with the baby, you know, and, mm -hmm. and he lives on, you know, now maybe they couldn't do that because there is a, a mutant enemy, uh, situation. That's almost exactly that. Uh, so, and I don't want to spoil it, although it's a decade old more, but, um, <laughs> but I, I could have, I, I really was kind of expecting that because they did that time together on the ship and, and you're not wrong, uh, Samantha, definitely about them being the heart of the show, but at the same time, so is everyone else. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. In, in different ways, you know, so you have, you have May and Colson as the heart of the show. You have Daisy as the heart of the show. Um, and yeah, so, but everyone who started except for Ward is is here at the end. And that's and 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 alive at the end too. Yes, and he also got multiple endings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, May. Yeah. Okay. May, she is teaching at Colson Academy. She is now a agent of shield um instructor and Flint is one of her students. I dig it. I'm, cool you know, that, that seems yeah. logical for her. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, it's hard to see shield as the huge thing that they portrayed in the movies. I mean, like, I don't feel like the TV show would take place at the Triskelion, 
right? But I know from the movies that it does. So is, you know, Mac Nick Fury? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, yes, but no, because <laughs> Sam Jackson is Nick Fury. Let's be honest. But, but Mac is director. Right. Right. So he's just one below Nick's office, I guess. Well, Nick's out in space, though. Like, this is something we got to come back to and talk about, about where are we in, in timeline zones. But Right, um, right. Yeah. Uh, Daisy. So I, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to start in on Daisy. So if this is about May, then, then yeah. No, I'm good. Okay. Daisy is out in space with Sousa from another timeline and Cora. And they are out there in space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Zephyr 3. So, so far, every single one that we've talked about, except for maybe Fitz and Simmons, could make an excellent spinoff TV show. Yeah. Daisy, Cora, and Sousa in space. That's fun. May with uh, at, at Colson Academy. You know, that, that could be a fun show. Um, Mac as director of S.H.I.E.L.D., Yo-Yo in the field with Piper and, and LMD Davis. That's a, that's a setup for a good show. Um, uh, and Deke, you know, we <laughs> we already talked about him, but that's that's a good show. Well, and, you know, now that they have this multiverse jumping thing, I, they all could interact with each other again. Speaking of LMD Davis, there was something kind of, well, not kind of, there, there's something dark about that, his, the LMD's existence. What if Davis's family never knew that he died because this LMD showed up and just pretended to be Davis? I would hate that. Oh. Because <laughs> it's not him, you know? Like that's, It's not. Oh. That's a... Uh... I mean, that's, there's some dishonesty going on there if they did that. Yeah. Okay. On the other hand, what if LMD Davis showed up at Davis's house and said, hey, I'm a copy of your husband slash father, but I'm not exactly him. All I know is what you're talking about would be excellent subplots in that TV yeah. show that's not <laughs> going to exist. That's a spinoff with Mac, Yo-Yo, Piper, and Davis. Yes. So, Every once in a while, they get a typed letter from, from, um, from Sousa. From Sousa, yes. Agents of Shield, the new class. No, that's the Melinda May one. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Agents of Shield, the next generation. Right. Is right, Mac, right. Yo Yo, Piper, and Davis, LMD Davis. Right. Agents of Shield, the new class, is Melinda May and Flint, and you know the new class of of Shield recruits uh agents of shield in space is daisy cora and Souza. No. and then okay. agents of shield um agents full of shield house. full house yes there it is um <laughs> is is fitz and simmons okay so what's sword ben okay yeah so sword is um you know you have shield which is earth-based Mm-hmm. And is to defend Earth from uh, threats from outside and from within. But uh, Sword 
is going out into space. And it's basically okay. the same kind of thing. I can't remember what it stands for because I never knew what it stood for. But um, I've read it a couple of times. But um, but it's basically a S.H.I.E.L.D.-type organization. I'm not sure if it's part of S.H.I.E.L.D. or not. That's something that um, people more, more familiar with the comics. They definitely make you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. and S.W.O.R.D. Go together. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. And, and it does like stand for something. Yeah, they both have acronyms. and um, But it is... Yeah, basically going out. And, and so if shield is the defense, sword is the offense. Um, so, yeah, people are talking about how what they're doing by going into space could be sword. And, and setting up sword for the MCU. I, maybe. Maybe. I mean, they, I mean, they had seven years of shield in on tv and shield in the movies that didn't necessarily ever coincide although i do have a theory about that little asterisks don't forget well just do it now okay so we did not see when was black widow supposed to get released memorial day weekend when was this final episode released last week it is highly possible that you remember in um, Age of Ultron when Sam Jackson and Nick Fury got a friend, quote-unquote, gave him a helicarrier? The friend was Agent Coulson. So my theory is that in Black Widow, a friend gives somebody a helicarrier because that friend is now Mac. Because at one point somebody says, weren't you in that thing in Moscow? Black Widow takes place in Moscow. Uh, yes, except for Black Widow also takes place in the past. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it takes place in the past. Because. Well, the trailer suggests it takes place in the past. I mean, I know it. I know it's supposed to also take place in the past, but I have a feeling there's a part in the in the present time that's going to need a friend to give us a helicarrier. Um, but we don't know. That's the problem. COVID. Because <laughs> we would have seen the movie by now. Yeah. Right. That's um, that's my point. Why I, else would you say Moscow? I don't know. I I don't think that um, the Black Widow is going to tie into Agents of Shield. Mm. I don't either. I just I just don't have faith. <laughs> when it happens, you both are going to be like Stuart. You said that. Good job. Find that out in our review, happen. maybe in November. Yeah. If we see it in November. That's why maybe <laughs> is the word that I use for everything right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> they are 30 bucks to see it in November. Yeah. It's not actually doing that, people. We don't know that yet. So, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay. Colson. So, Colson, this is... is uh, Ages of Shield, the legendary journeys, or something like that. I mean, he, this is he's just out there doing stuff. You know, he's got a flying car now. That's great, and he's right. he's chosen to continue living. That's also great. And what he's a great the Earth like came. Yep, exactly, exactly. So, except um, not so flying clearly. around the Earth. What? What'd you say, yeah. Samantha? I, I said, except not so drearily. 
Yeah. But you, here's the thing. I mean, he and and Deathlock, honestly, that's the one thing. There's so many things we kind of were like hoping for, predicting, um, mm-hmm. you know, predicting could they go back to the Battle of New York oh, with the Avengers? No, nope. did too. Yeah, they didn't do that. They they didn't do a lot of things. But one of the things I thought that they were going to do is that they were going to bring back Deathlock again. That full circle storytelling. Um, they did it. They did the full circle thing with Lola and and flying Even off. Sat and, in a circle. It's true. They did sit full circle in chairs. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I could picture, uh, and, and this, this there's, there's some kind of cool ideas here to this, where you have the man whose body is mostly machine, and then you have the machine who has the programming to be a man. You know, I mean, there's there's some fun little dynamics you could play with there. That would be the spinoff with Coulson where that spinoff is just like, you know, episodic, um, just like the Hulk in the eighties. It doesn't change the, you know, every, all the pieces go back in the box and Coulson and Deathlock just fly around solving problems and eating little Debbie's. Yeah. Yeah. At gas stations, which Shouldn't be Little Debbie's, should be Hostess, but Little Debbie's is what we got. And those of you who are they comic fans know why it should be Hostess. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. That is the episode. All things considered, how do you feel about it as a finale? Before we get to that, okay. Who thought one of them was in? the actual room and if one of them was who was it i thought colson was actually in the room so did i that was okay once they they started disappearing from the room <laughs> you're right 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 <laughs> yeah um i was like oh colson's just gonna be there all alone and be sad no he there was a virtual zoom call yeah the processors work really well was this a satisfying finale to a season? Yes. Yes, it was to a show because I, I don't feel like they duped us. I feel like they said it's going to be a satisfying. Well, they didn't say it's going to be satisfying, but they said we are ending the show. We've written towards it. We're not going to trick you in the end. Lost. We're not going to say that they're one thing and they're not that sort of thing. Um, and it does what we wanted it to do. Life goes on. That's it exactly for me. Mm-hmm. Life goes on. They're all Reminds doing their own things, years. but yeah. Yeah. Samantha, what do you think? Satisfying? Um, in a, in a, it, it's, it's a good ending. In a weird way, I still think that the season five finale was a stronger ending. However... That ending was also very bittersweet because Coulson was dying. Um, but this one, no one was dying. They're all in their own little corners being very happy for the moment, at least. Um, and they're all, and like you said, life is going on. Yeah, and it's definitely a different tone 
than the, the season five finale. Um, and I'm glad they didn't try and replicate that. You know, season five finale was interesting because you kind of had this hope of we're going to go find Fitz and this other where May and Coulson finally decided we're going to find love, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and so I, I appreciate that they did something different. Um, but yeah, it's the life goes on thing, like you mentioned, that that just makes it satisfying for me. I'm not going to see another episode of this show, but it's kind of nice for me to know that we actually have episodes of five different spinoffs that are happening because we also have uh whatever the um the bobby hunter thing was uh agents most are marvel's most wanted you know like we have so there's six six possible schrodinger's cat things out there you know that these they're just they're out there they're happening but they're not happening you know and in that other timeline they're happening in that other timeline they're happening the other timeline that we aren't a part of but that fits Accidentally, the Deke timeline change. I yep. bet the Deke timeline has the Eric Stoltz Back to the Future, and has <laughs> the Most Wanted show with Bobby and Hunter. The one thing, the elephant in the room, is that whole question of is it MCU now? And the question is yes. I mean, the answer is yes, but how? Are we in a different timeline? And I think I personally am just going to have to accept that while our characters started in the MCU proper timeline, somewhere along the line in season five, I'm going to say, with all the time travel looping things that they did, they left the MCU proper timeline, branched off, into what I would call the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. timeline, which then branched off into the Deke timeline and then came back to that timeline. But the timeline they returned to is not the MCU proper. That's that's kind of how I'm having to reconcile it with my head. I'm going to go with the uh, until it's proven one way or the other, it is. And unless it actually comes out and says something to the effect of while the battle of New York was actually happening or while the battle of Wakanda was actually happening, we were not in this universe, you know, something like very definitive like that. They are, they're just onto the side. I mean, they, they could have, the interesting thing is just the use of the, the title card, which I don't think that they knew that Endgame was going to use that five years later title card when they in season six put that one year later title card and and now okay yeah hey so that's that's our answer Samantha you were right when I said could Gemma have been pregnant when she was doing all that throwing up stuff you know feeling sick to her stomach mm-hmm. no because it's one year later that she was still looking for fits right so no, the answer is no. Um, but okay, this is two so... years later now because mm-hmm. we've had two time cards from them that say one year later, one year later. And so this is two years into the snap. Okay, so I actually have to agree with Ben. There was somewhere along the lines about season when they were thrown into the time monolith um, and thrown into the future and got stuck in that time loop. Uh, 
I think that's when they left, exited the uh, MCU proper timeline. And now they're in this adjacent timeline. So that I have to agree with. And what's great about this show and this universe is we're all right. All three of us are right in our own way. We're all right until we're wrong. You know, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, it's it's Schrodinger's being right, I guess. I don't don't know. (laughs) the, The point is we have this wealth of movies, seven seasons, you know, 23 movies, seven seasons of a TV show that, you know, several other spinoff TV shows. It's all, it's all there. It's all connected in some way, some small way. And now we're in the multiverse. So everything is there. So there's a couple things of what could have been. One of those things of the, what could have been, is that they almost put in a line into the episode when they were in the quantum realm that something about how this quantum realm protected them from the snap. They almost put a line in about that. I'm glad that they didn't because it just it would have it would have brought in too much extra baggage in mm-hmm. in a in a thing that's already full of just a lot of baggage. Um Another thing that could have been that I was reading about is that they thought about doing a post-credit scene. Uh, they didn't shoot it, but they thought about doing this where um, Deke was actually um, sitting in a chair in a shield office with a patch, with an eye patch on his eye. <laughs> now, and then he takes it off because you know that eye is totally fine. He was just wearing it for no, fashion. yeah, that, he was just be wearing it because it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now, had Deke, been, had Deke walked into that office and that chair was facing out, say, a window, and it turned around and there was David Hasselhoff with a Oh, back, man. That would have uh... been. Oh, my that... goodness. <laughs> and then. Miles away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing that they didn't shoot, but they thought about doing for a like a post-credit kind of thing was showing Deke was on a mission. And this mission also included playing Madison square garden where they were doing the song money for nothing. I think where they left Deke was perfect as far as yeah. like, are you our director now? Yes. Or whatever it is that they said, but well, I mean, let's be honest. This show was a hard show to, to, to produce. I mean, because here you have, are we in the MCU or are we not for seven years? No, no, Maybe. no. Just for two years. I, I I, don't think that it lasted that long, the questioning. Okay. Regardless, they still had situations where, well, why didn't the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys show up at the snap or show up at the Battle of Wakanda? Or show oh, up that in, was going and, on for seven years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know... Mad props to the you know to the to the creators for actually getting seven seasons of a show out when you had that big of a thing because they I mean that's a pretty big handicap. Yeah, if you take out all of the these kind of super nerdy fan questions about is it MCU or what timeline and all that kind of stuff, we got seven seasons of a really solid show. Yeah, yeah, a solid show that people gave up on. A solid show that 
like any show got better as it went along and gave us ghost rider and, and gave us, um, you know, the framework. I mean, it did things that no other show could do because of just the, the storytelling engine they were using. And yeah, we got seven seasons of a solid show. Mm-hmm. And if we never see these guys again, Mac, Daisy, Sousa, that's still okay because they're off doing their own thing. You know, I'm, I'm glad that we finished off their story. Hey, think about this. Mac got more screen time than Fury. As director. Just in general. like. Oh, that's true. Yo-Yo yeah. got more screen time than Tony Stark. Yeah. Didn't get their paychecks, though. But No, 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 not at all. No. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> But the, the, and see, that's to me like this is this this is a chapter that's closing. You know, we spent more time with these characters and 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 people follow the show. They they spent more time with these characters than with the MCU. Now, the MCU is bigger. And we're rewatching those movies more, you know, like we're not watching the episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, five, six times over the last, you know, three or four years, at least in my house anyway. Um, but we have spent time with them, watching them grow watching them become new things and it's been it's been a fun journey and also in the middle of this show i mean think about what tv was like 7 years ago right mm-hmm. tv has changed very much so in 7 years that's true yes and so now i mean when the show started, we were basically in the end of the episodic 22 season episodes, blah, 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 you know, Star Trek, the next generation type of type of storytelling. Now everything is pods like, and they, they did the pod thing. And the, you know, I remember season, I think it was season four where it was broken up into like five, six episode pods. Yeah. I th- yeah. That was great and inventive. Well, and we watched it move from lost kind of storytelling where everything had to have this season long arc and we have lost, we have Alcatraz, we have, uh, um, well, even green arrow and, and we have all those and we transition into Netflix storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, they navigated well. But man, they and were on the bubble honest, so much. To have a show last for seven years over that rift. I mean, take the whole MCU thing out of it. To have a show last for seven years over that bridge, over that change in time, it is huge. Yeah. Well, and even you know the last two seasons being summer uh, summer series. You know, like that's that's another little thing that they had to to navigate and. Yeah, TV's very different today and even more different. Like, this is where the other thing where they lucked out, like we've talked about before, but this season was done before COVID. And mm-hmm. so ABC was able to sit well and say, okay, we've got... Oh, sit well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got this, 
that's production it's done mm-hmm. and we don't have to worry and and they did it and we're going to be able to sell ads on it because it's new production it's new content that yeah. people are going to tune in to watch yeah well i'm curious if their numbers showed an uptick in that i mean, I'm, I'm not going to go yeah i'm i'm curious too but not curious enough to look it up right now <laughs> That's exactly the same. <laughs> oh, wait. I, I actually don't have to look it up right now. It's right here. 1.46 million viewers on this final episode. A lot. Well, that's but... just live. But again, like you guys said before, we went from, you know. The pilot was 12.12 million viewers. Yeah. Um, well... We went from you know, a style of viewing where appointment TV was popular to, you know, people watching on streaming. So, I mean, we don't have the numbers for how many people watched later on streaming. I was one of them. Yeah. Not yet. We don't. So, yeah. Is that, I mean, is that, that's only live. That's not live plus three or live plus 30. Is it? No, that's live. I think. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's the summer. Granted, COVID's still happening, but all right. Well, let's yeah. let's look at some feedback on this, and then we uh, we need to shut this episode down. It's getting getting a little long. It's double length, though. So yeah. All right. Let's start with Agent Hank. Agent Hank uh, writes in. Subject line is so long. Farewell. He says we knew this day was coming, and somehow it still feels like we it can't be real. If you've ever been on a boat or ship at sea. You may be familiar with the sensation of still rolling back and forth after disembarkation. Even when on solid ground, you still feel a little bit like you are at sea. I sort of feel like that after seven seasons of this remarkable series. We didn't get the reunification with the prime MCU timeline that we had hoped for. But even still, the story was satisfying. My random observations. It was cool to see the EMP weapon from a previous season. Season one, I I think. And I'm going to jump in here. I believe that was actually episode two of season one, the episode 084. Um yeah, use that outside so. the temple. But uh, it was also stolen from Firefly. <laughs> or no, 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 not or just the... Firefly. The uh, the uh, the prop. Yeah, that uh, that was actually used in the movie in the very beginning of the movie. That's mm. how Simon was able to uh, incapacitate uh, Rivers' captors was by using that device. Back to the email. Victoria Hand kills John Garrett with a bullet to the head in a way bringing her story full circle. They brought back the idea of the 084 and it had deep meaning for the finale. It looks like they spent the entire effects budget on this one, especially in the scene where Zephyr 1 enters the interior of the Chronicom ship. That scene can stand up against a lot of movie special effects shots. I love that Melinda May actually embraced the cavalry name, uh, referring to herself that way in the end. Nathaniel Malik died in space after all. That's kind of, that's funny. Uh, Fitz and Simmons had a daughter after all, and this was truly what Simmons was protecting. I thought that the annual meeting in the speakeasy was touching. Even though the team was split up, it makes sense for them to have a small annual reunion. It was fun to see Mac wearing the trench coat, looking like Fury on the deck of a helicarrier. Melinda May, as an instructor at the new Shield Hogwarts, Colson Academy, I was glad they brought Piper and Flint I uh, honestly, I'm kind of embarrassed that while I wonder what had happened to Piper, I totally forgot about Flint. It was fun to see that whatever Piper wanted was in exchange for helping Fitz and Simmons included an LMD Davis. Uh, 
It was a satisfying ending in that there was no cliffhanger, but still felt the door was open for fans to imagine what the characters were doing now. If there's anything that I can point to that made me roll my eyes a bit, it was defeating the Chronicoms with empathy. But thankfully, we didn't dwell on that too much. It was good that the series began with a relationship between Coulson and Skye, and it ended with it as well. It's funny what can happen when someone believes in you. I think we can look back over seven successful seasons, some more successful than others, and really see that the whole series was really about family. Daisy searching for hers, May dealing with her family and husband, Fitz and Simmons becoming a family, Max struggles with the death of his daughter and, this season, his parents, Yo-Yo's loss of family with the death of her cousin and difficulty in trusting people early on, and Coulson's found family. The underlying, this underlying theme, which I believe can be traced as a through line in each season, may not have been intended from the beginning, but certainly can be seen as a major plot thread by the end. Lola. This was a victory lap. This really was a victory lap, giving fans pretty much what they wanted and even a lot of what we didn't know we wanted. That's from Agent uh, Hank. And I did want to just briefly touch on i feel like the idea of family was there from the beginning uh, especially in that episode i think it was it 084 when they had the the beers on the on the back of the zephyr um uh yes like that was that was the moment where we kind of look at okay this is what they're building is, is they're building a family i also yeah. love that relationship between colson and daisy they started with that they ended with that that's nice but let's talk about empathy for just a moment. I thought it was cheesy when I watched it. And the more I think about it, the more I absolutely love that they won the day, not by destroying the enemy, but by giving them empathy, which is what was missing Yes, from these, these robots. Yes. These robots are just killing people and they have no remorse. And this is what Coulson realizes May has it. They need it, and we're going to give it to them. And and because he could tech the tech and knew how to do this, they were able to send that signal. I, I, I absolutely adore that idea of winning the battle there's, without, without there's killing. There's something satisfying when you can turn the bad guy onto the hero side. There's something very satisfying in, in that. Uh, and... Especially in science fiction. Um, I, I see that, that a lot in science fiction. Yeah. Now, had they done it halfway through the ser- season, and then, you know, that gives the ability for the, the, the Chronicoms to, you know, flip back to being mean and evil, uh, whatever, don't do that. But, you know, one big beat the bad guy with empathy, yes, I like it. I... I'm not going to say it's not cheesy. I think it is cheesy oh, it's a little bit. absolutely cheesy. But I, I still, I, I absolutely adore that they did that. But it's gutsy because how many shows have you seen, you know, beat the evil robot overlords with empathy? Zero. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I've seen that. Yeah, it's, I mean, th- there's other things like that. You know, I mean, that that's in some ways, that's kind of a Kirk answer too. you know, like we can't destroy them all. Let's let's turn them to our side. Um, although Kirk maybe would have made them, um, you know, get into a feedback loop uh, with their data or whatever. And does not compute, does not compute. And then no, it's, smoke it's is a, coming it's out of their ears. But, yeah. 
It's a Picard maneuver. I mean, sleep, right? That's that's how he defeated the Borg. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. All right, let's hear from Agent Kyle. Uh, subject line is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale. Hello, Agents. The finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had to be pretty darn close to being perfect. All of our agents got a happy ending that fit them all well, which is one the one wish I had. Yo-Yo is in the field with Piper and LMD Davis. Mac is director with his own helicarrier. Daisy and Suze are off into space exploration. Fitzsimmons finally got a happy ending in retirement. May is teaching the future agents. And Coulson is taking Lola 2.0 for his own journey. The other wish I had for the finale was that we were somehow connected back to the MCU. Although I don't feel like we totally got back. They did go back to the original timeline via the quantum realm. That is a very strong piece of evidence to point towards agents of shield being MCU. Again, the return of Fitz made up for his lost time throughout the season. And I loved how they were able to tie everything in nicely with the last, with last season's finale. I'm going to miss this show. It's truly been one of the best and most consistent ones I've ever watched. Farewell agents of shield. But I will still be listening to Welcome to Level 7. Of course, Agent Kyle. Agent Dylan writes in. Subject line, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents, well, it finally happened. Our team completed their final mission together. It's been a great seven years with Daisy Fitzsimmons, May and Coulson, six with Mac and five with Yo-Yo. And now what? It's going to be weird to have no Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to look forward to. Sure, we'll have WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk. And the movies, of course. And Hellstrom and Moon Knight, I guess. But but I want my team. And to think I experienced the first two seasons from my college dorm. I remember going right from the Goldbergs into our show, listening to the podcast on the streets of my college town or on my way to dining halls, not so much on the way to class as I was riding my bike. I remember the greatest movie television synergy of all time play out right in front of my eyes. So much for my fears that the season wouldn't wrap in time for Winter Soldier to come out. Learning Daisy's history as it was revealed, she was actually Quake, and how quickly I googled Daisy, Marvel. Watching Antoine Elijah Triplett, grandson of Howling Commando Isaiah Bradley, get stuck on another frequency like Jordy and Roe, and everybody on the team thinking he was dead even though he's not. <laughs> um, that that didn't happen, right? Like that's he he is dead. He's he's. Okay, well, yes. maybe there might be some hashtags that argue with me at the end of this email. Anyway, seeing a minor in the shadows villain from the first Avengers movie team up with Hydra's cult demon alien thing possessing Ward. Ghost Rider, the framework, that brief period we were going to have a Ghost Rider spinoff. A trip to the future, courtesy of Enoch. Red Skull's cloned daughter, played by Diane Doan's Descendants co-star, Dove Cameron. Finally resolving the Graviton thing. Sarge, Izel's catchy lullaby. The return of Daniel Souza, and somehow there are still some questions unanswered. VJ Nadir comes to mind. I think he's just at the bottom of that pond still, right? Yeah. Okay, back to the email. Yeah. But I like where our team ended up. Deke stuck around in the 80s of the other timeline. Daisy's part of Sword with her sister and Souza, even though I will always be Team Pegasus and Day Trip. Yeah, yeah. Day trip. That's a good. That's a good couple name for Daisy and Trip. Uh, Coulson's got a new Lola flying into the camera, like the end of Back to the Future. May's teaching cadets, including Flint. Director Max got a Fury jacket and a helicarrier. Yo-Yo's got her own team with Piper and Davis. Here's hoping she'll be the new quote glue of the Earth side of Phase Four. And Fitzsimmons, they finally get their happy ending. 
By the way, someone on Reddit made something that I think you should link to in the show notes. The whole listener base deserves to see it. Here's to the finest team in S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Dylan signing off. Okay, here we go. Hashtag trip lives. Hashtag give us a box set. Hashtag release most wanted. Hashtag Deke Squad. And hashtag Agents of Sword. Um, I still think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in space is the better title. This is me talking now. But Agents of Sword would make more sense and probably be a little more marketable. If they were to do that, uh, the link that he's talking about, I will link to in the show notes, but this is someone who created a end credits scene that is worthy of, um, any movie. It's actually a great way that they could have ended the whole series by doing this. Um, but it's, it's just kind of a tribute style end credits scene. Like you see in, uh, you know, a movie series where the actors get to sign off and actually, they did it in a style that was, it reminded me of Star Trek six at the end and the end credits where the actors actually signed the screen kind of. And I remember sitting there in high school watching that and being like, Oh man, this is the end. This is the final Star Trek Kirk Star Trek. Anyway, I mean, next generation was going on, but okay. So let me get this next email here. This message is from Agent 084, and he says, Okay, so that's two S.H.I.E.L.D. finales that have gotten me to tear up. The difference being that this one had me subtly wiping my eye in my office cubicle while watching on my cell phone. I'll start with 712, since it's sure to get overshadowed. I got to watch Victoria Hand shoot John Garrett in the face, which completed me. I was a little confused by all the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents showing up with the 084s only because of the timing. There were a few moments in the season when where the time drive wasn't working, so it's not clear how Fitz and Enoch were able to set everyone up to show up at that exact moment. And Enoch didn't plan on being left behind in 1931. So I'm not sure if that was Enoch or the one from Fitzsimmons' future that left all those devices. But it led to a really cool reveal with Fitz coming out of a quantum portal, so I'm not going to harp on it too much. On to the finale, and wow, did they check all my boxes. We all called Deke staying back in the 80s, and I think they really did it well. I wonder how screwed that timeline is going to be with him in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. His prediction that they'll see him again is dead wrong, and I agree with this, this is me interjecting, but we've talked about this. Uh, is dead wrong, considering the probability of the exact same reproductive cells coming together to make Alia that made Fitzsimmons' daughter from the Lighthouse timeline, and that, and the probability that the same thing happened with Deke's dad and the same thing with Deke himself. Put simply, that's the only Deke that will ever exist. And honestly, I love Deke, but one is plenty. The quake-off had some really great action moments, as did the battle with Coulson and May versus Sybil and the Hunters, and I love that they beat the Chronicom threat with May's empathy power in the end. And of course, there was the final 12 minutes, which I'd like to just have playing on repeat. I do love that Fitzsimmons got their happy ending with what seems like some sciencey freelancing sprinkled in. Mac and Yo-Yo get to continue fighting with S.H.I.E.L.D. along with Piper and Elm Davis. And I wonder what his family thought of that decision. Oh, well, it was a cool moment. Coulson gets a new Lola and a school named after him with May seeming to be running the show or at least a big part of it. And Daisy is starting S.W.O.R.D., 
At least I really hope that's what it was. I would have loved to see an agent in the background with green hair. And at first I thought that was the new recruit they were talking about, but then I realized it had to be Korra. And I'm fine with that. Daisy has been my favorite MCU character. She started her journey completely alone and ended it heading towards adventure with the promise of family in more aspects than one. And if one of those aspects is a character that maybe could have been written better, it's not going to bring me down. A big thanks to the showrunners, cast, and crew, and a big thanks to Ben, Stuart, Samantha, and Daniel. This was the first podcast I ever delved into, and I wouldn't be able to love this content as much if I hadn't had so many other voices cracking into it with me. I'm excited to follow your coverage for all the content to come. Until next time, and that was Age of Doe 84. Uh, phew. So that was more reading. Uh <laughs> But thank you, 084. Yeah. I was just gonna say, yeah, thank you, Agent 084. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. And Dylan, yes, trip lives. Hashtag trip lives. <laughs> yes. All right. Got a message from Agent uh Derek from Dublin. Hey Ben, Samantha, Stuart, Nevin, and Daniel in perpetuity. Just wanted to say thanks for all the years of Agents of Shield coverage. Even when episodes made me uh Daniel phrase. Oh, yeah. They made him. They, they made him a thing. They made him a, a not cold, not clean thing. You read his email the way he wrote it. I am. I, I'm reading it exactly how he wrote it with um, some things that weren't exactly how I wrote it. But even when episodes <laughs> made me a. <laughs> A thing that Daniel likes to say all the time. I love listening to all your chats. Enjoy every second of the farewell finale tonight. That was uh, Agent Derek raising a cup to us uh, with a gif of Fitz raising his cup, I believe, from the episode when um, uh, Lance and and Bobby left to go do their failed spinoff. And then Bobby went off into space. Yes. So finally, this is from Agent Dave. And he says a few thoughts on the finale. So I guess Souza didn't end up becoming a New York cop after all. His light reading on the Zephyr 3 was quite amusing. I loved Fitz's hiding place in the original timeline and the fact that his helmet had a very Ant-Man look to it. I love the team being on their own. I love the team being their own backup against Izel. The way they defeated the Chronicoms was a wonderful approach. It was great fun to see Davis back as Piper's reward. And some questions. Do you think Fitz actually invented time travel? Or since he had access to the time stream and had viewed countless possibilities, did he steal it from Stark? Or even steal it from himself in the future, a la Bill and Ted? Could still Enoch be alive in the original, which is now the current time stream? Or is, his, is he doomed to give his life again to break the time loop? Finally, instead of saying goodbye to the podcast, I'll just say, I'll just bid you all welcome to level eight. <laughs> so thank you, Agent Dave. Uh, Enoch being alive in the original timeline, I don't think he is because he left the original timeline to go through that whole rigmarole in, in the Deke timeline. Um, but I do like the idea of Fitz looking in the time stream and stealing time travel from Stark. That's kind of fun. It's a fun idea. All right. I'm going to stop reading now because I have one last message and that is actually a voicemail. So I'm going to play that right now. 
Hey, this is Agent Waz just calling about the final couple episodes. I, I have to say it was nice to see it go out the way it did. Um, actually had an ending. Colson got his car back. Actually felt like Colson in the end. Everybody had their own little thing. I wish I had more understanding of where everybody was at and what they were actually doing. And I, I guess Sky's out in space. But why is it Sword that she's a part of? Um, it looks like Mac is, you know, the new director still. And he's up there doing what he's doing on the hover carrier or whatever they call it. Um, and just, you know, May running the school. Thought that was great. Uh, I wish we could have had more fits. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. In fact, I know you do. Um, I, and I, I knew it was going to end up being a kid in the end that they're going to have a kid there, that they live their lives, which I, I suspected that was the case. And I'm glad it worked out that way. Um, just, uh, happy to see the show got a true ending and hopes that you guys will continue doing something in the future, whether it's the Disney plus shows or I don't know, just the movies or both. Hopefully, um, I've enjoyed listening to you guys and I hope to hear from you guys some more in the future. Take care. God bless guys. All right. Thanks for calling in agent. Uh, let's talk quickly about the future and then we need to. Um, we need to stop recording because it's getting late, but let's talk about the future. Uh, New Mutants is supposedly going to be in theaters in a couple weeks. And whether and or not theaters are open. That's not, not MCU, right? No, but we'll be doing an episode about it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, is it MCU? No. Could it be MCU? I mean, honestly, if if uh, Kevdog wanted to, I'm sure that they could have figured out a way to just shoot a couple extra scenes. A lot of the reshoots they planned to do this last time they didn't do because they didn't. It's not important enough to do the reshoots, I guess, um, because that's the X Men universe. That's done uh, as far as the Brian Singer X Men universe. That's this is the I think the finale for that. This is uh, mm. it's kind of like Ant Man being the end of Phase Two of of uh, of of the MCU. You know the new mutants or Spider Man Far From Home. This movie, I'm looking forward to seeing it, but it's not setting up anything new that's going to be continuing because I think the X Men stuff is going to they're going to reboot that pretty quickly here. So, and when I say pretty quickly, I mean within the next five years. So. <laughs> Um, yeah. we'll also be covering definitely, uh, Black Widow and those movie episodes will probably be pretty close to weekend of release or the week after that. Um, uh, yeah. So when those movies come out, if you go see them and want to send us some, uh, feedback, we'd love to get your feedback and, and be able mm -hmm. to, um, include that in our coverage. The other thing that's going to be happening when... We don't know because things might change, but obviously um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be coming out. Will it be coming out in November with Black Widow? I don't remember. I don't know. I just know I'm looking that, forward to Falcon and, and um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that show. Well, I, I, all of those shows are going to be awesome. Yeah. And they're <laughs> all going to be on Disney Plus. So it's going to be easy to do. And if they follow the, the trajectory of Mandalorian, they're going to be released weekly. So we're going to have appointment television again. 
And also that appointment television will be appointment podcasting for us. We will be podcasting mm-hmm. about them as quickly as we can. You know, it's, it's the other thing is interesting in seven years or almost eight years, I guess, of doing this podcast. Um, you know, I'd be interested to see actually when episode one was, how long this has been going on. Because you guys did episodes before yeah. the actual episode, the actual episode one of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, we, we did all the movies that had come out. Um, but I can quickly find that. Yeah, so I mean, September 2013 was season one, episode one. September 25th was when we released that episode. However, it's not the first episode that we released. Teased by a trailer. Welcome to Level 7, Episode 1, May 21st, 2013. So we've passed seven years. So it's mm. it's past seven years, but not much. But it's past seven years, yeah. Uh, but anyway, in seven years of doing this, life has changed for all of us. We've had different jobs. We've had family changes. We've had... Um, I moved across the country. <laughs> you did. <laughs> or to the middle of the country, I yeah. guess. But uh, yeah. but we still will be weekly doing those episodes. Um, not, we will strongly every week do those episodes, not weekly do those episodes. <laughs> 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 um, Again, it's the writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so that's that's something we will be doing. Um, and then we will be picking up some of those those shows that we've missed. And haven't gotten to finish um, with Punisher and um, all those things. And I know that like there was a review on iTunes that was like, what are they doing talking about Punisher? And that's been done for three years or something like that. And and the answer to that is if you listen to the podcast, hopefully, you know, like we're living life. That's what we're doing and, and, and enjoying things as we go along. This podcast is because we enjoy it. So we we appreciate you, though. Um for sticking with us, for listening with us. Uh, and yeah, there's more MCU to come. It's just, uh, who knows when and, and uh, yeah, things will change. So. And, and we're all in this COVID thing together and we'll enjoy the stuff that we at. And yeah. Anything about the Netflix stuff is it's still there. It's true. It's true. And it's still MCU as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Absolutely. And that's actually so still prime shield. prime MCU timeline, even though I don't. Uh, although, I mean, they if they just throw that one line in there, I could have seen a situation where they came out and they're actually two years into the snap in a different timeline. They could have just done that with a line of dialogue, but I'm part of me is glad they didn't because it muddies the waters. But part of me wishes they had, because I just wanted them back. They are. They can be back, Ben. It's true. Room. It's true. You just got to believe. Just clap your hands. I do believe in fairies. I do. I do. I do. I do there believe in fairies. Go. Oh, that reminds me of one of my best favorite references from this episode was that the way that Daisy prepped Sousa to go into space was to show him E.T. Hmm. <laughs> because what I was just quoting from Peter Pan, I wasn't quoting because I know it from Peter Pan. I was quoting because that was little Gertie with her mom as she's reading Peter Pan to Gertie. So 
Yes. All right. Any final words? I just want to thank all the listeners and thank you. The ones who uh, gave us feedback today was really awesome to hear you guys uh, enjoy the show. Enjoy what we're doing and keep on listening and keep on throwing us feedback. Glad to hear it. And I would like to give a special thank you to Jeffrey Tassel, Blessed Cheesemaker, and 084 for being our Patreon patrons. Thank you very much. And I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening. And this is not goodbye. The show is done. That's fine. But this is not goodbye. And I am going to constantly and ever after be saying to you, welcome to Level 7. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. Hey Ben, yeah, you seen Hamilton yet? Uh, it's on Disney Plus, right? Yeah. No. Yes. It's, no. Uh, okay, <gasps> you should go watch it. So I guess we Homework. are not doing our post credit about Hamilton, right? Homework. Okay. <laughs> you, you have homework. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>